Good morning, church. Saw Robert Abel's here. He had a told me he had a sleep study last night. I said, "Well, you could have done that during my sermon." <laughs> I think he might have thought, "Well, I'm fixing to make up for what them keeping me up all night." But uh, we are grateful that you are here. Weathered the the rain here, and you can be turning your Bibles to First Peter chapter one. We're going to be uh, doing some work out of First uh, Peter again in this series. Out of this book, I love this book. It has so many, uh, so many good things that are going on. As Peter writes to encourage a bunch of suffering folks. Um, you know, the Bible also says, "Give honor to whom honors due." You know, we're all about trying to get the gospel. To the whole world, and uh, I appreciate all the things that happen around here to give encouragement, as well as growth opportunities, as as, uh, as was mentioned on the video, different classes, uh, the men's retreat, the women's retreat that's coming up, uh, encouragement through the through worship. Uh, acapella is going to be here that uh, uh, first Sunday night in March. You you need to go online to buy those tickets. We won't be selling them here, but. But uh, get that, fill this place up. Uh, when I was youth minister, we had them here 13 years in a row and filled this entire room up every year. Uh, just great worship and stuff. And so that'll be a blessing to our lives, too. Uh, and, you know, also uh, back in the 1980s, uh, we still had the goal uh, of trying to date the gospel to the whole world. And we found a place to plant a church in the middle of the Amazon called Manaus, Brazil. And a young man that had been baptized here at this church and his sweet wife uh, helped form a team that went and planted that church, and that church is Brazilian-led and doing good today. And Ricky and Denise Hayes and and, and Denise's mom are with us here today. And uh, Ricky, would you guys stand and let us honor you for just a moment, please? Ricky and Denise, your mom, thank you. Thank you for your love for the lost. And uh, thank you for your willingness to uh, leave everything and go down, learn a culture and a language to give the gospel. And that uh, church is still raising up leaders. And so that's that's what it's all about right there. That's that's. By the way, Ricky used to ride and run the pink buses when we had those here. A little history there. Was baptized in the old auditorium room, I believe. Is that right, Ricky? Yeah. And uh, uh, Denise, I don't know if she was ever baptized, but no, I was just kidding. She was, Denise, Denise was the smiler. She would bring joy into your life. I'm telling you, I love being around, uh, being around her. And so uh, just so grateful for your faithfulness to the Lord and and how he's used you there. And so, by the way, you young people, next one, uh, there's somebody else needs to be raised up to take another city for the gospel. So be dreaming. Be dreaming ahead there. All right. Uh, Jack, come on up. Jack Jones is going to be our scripture reader today. He's 10 years old. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth that you have sincere love for 
each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Thank you, Jack. Excellent job. Appreciate that. Good job. I'm glad we got those young young men being raised up. I assume the other room is with us. I can't uh, see them guys. If there's a button to push there, push it. And uh, I'd like to make sure those guys are online with us, as well as all the folks on live stream. You know, I love the fact that our uh, staff works so hard uh, because, you know, you get bad weather, you get other things, you get technical difficulties, and so... The, Shaq and the whole crew are back there working, and Josh gave me the thumbs up back there. So we are on live stream. It's going up and running, and the other rooms uh, up and running. So we're ready to roll. All right, First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two, and uh, uh, I want to read the whole section that I'm going to be preaching out of. So if you would, uh, would you stand with me for a reading of of the word for the sermon today? Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers Fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. May God bless the reading of his word. Be seated, please. We've already learned in the first Peter in the first part of the book that we have this, we're born into a family and we have this living hope that we're born into. And this hope comes from the story of Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. We're redeemed by his blood. We're bought back. We're, uh, we have salvation because and hope because of the story of the gospel. And then this living hope challenges us to live holy. And so uh, Larry gave us an excellent lesson about the challenge of that, living holy. And then it leads us into this now, this section of living in love. And what does that mean to a church? Now remember these churches are scattered, and they're under persecution, so they're suffering. They're having some hard times. Any of you had any hard times lately? They're having some hard times. You know what it's like. Some of you are lonely. Some of you have, have lost everything. Uh, some of you have gone bankrupt in your life. Some of you have had some health issues that you can't figure out how to handle. Uh, and some of you have some that won't be handled till you go to be with the Lord. And while we have different kinds of sufferings happen, because he says in the text it's a variety of kinds, they are suffering, some of them, for the very purpose that they believe in God and to believe in the gospel. So what do these people need to hear? What do they need to know when Peter writes this letter as a pastor and as a, as a shepherd of the flock? He's trying to feed them and help them where they're going to have the strength to get through the difficult times they have. And the very thing he tells them right off the bat is he reminds them that when they were born again, they were born to love. 
Look what he says. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, okay, this is all the reasons. This love right here is the word we get where we get the word Philadelphia, this brotherly love. You have this sincere love. And then he's going to give them a command. Love one another fervently. Or as some versions say, deeply and do it from the heart. Born to love. This purifying, this word purified here is the idea, it's written in the tense of the idea that something happened at one time and it has continued results and keeps on having effect in your life. They've obeyed the truth, he says, and in it their souls were purified. Well, what word, what, what obedience purifies your soul? Well, second Thessalonians, he said, well, look, when you obey the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, uh, when a person is baptized into Christ, they're submitting themselves to the truth, they're obeying the truth of who he is for the sake of their life. It's all by grace. Obedience does, does not earn you anything. You're responding. Obedience is a response to the gospel that I might be born again of the water and the Spirit so that I can be like Jesus in my birth and I want to learn to be like Him through the rest of my life till I get to heaven. Christianity in its simplest form is me becoming more like Jesus. And we do it at, together as a community of people. So He tells them they have this sincere love. They came to it. They came purified. And then he, and, he, and, he, and he gives them the, the reason again on the other side. He says, for you have been born again. Been born again. A brand new start. Isn't that, don't you like that when you get a brand new start? I mean, you get to say, how many times have, have you said that? I'm telling you what, boy, Monday morning I'm starting that diet. What are you laughing for? Some of you have had a lot of brand new starts, haven't you? His mercies are new every morning, right? Okay, I need them. Brand new. Start all over. When a person is born again, they start all over. All the sins are gone. Purified. Brand new. He says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. This birth takes place by the Word that's been preached to you, he's going to say at the end of the next verse. So the Word is the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Now, it includes more than that. It's all the things that help us grow. But here he's referring to their salvation experience. They're born again. And that's done by this living Word. This Word, he says, it's living, it's lasting, and it's life-giving. Got it? It's living, it's lasting, and it's life-giving. And this Word of God has pricked their heart, and they don't want to stay like they were anymore. Then Peter quotes an Old Testament passage about the Word. All men are like grass, and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. 
You and I, we ain't here very long. I mean, it's clicking on down the road, right? The years are passing pretty quick. But the Word of God, it'll outlast me. And praise God it does. Because that very Word of who Jesus is and what He's done is what's going to raise this old dead body out of the ground one day. Right? Now He says here that we are to love one another fervently. Why? I mean, yeah, we ought to love. That's a good thing. But you understand the command has something behind it here. The command to love fervently. This word fervently is a word, it's an athletic term to where you stretch your muscle or your effort with intensity all the way to its fullest extension. That's the idea of how we are to love. Love fervently. We're stretching our muscles. We're stretching our body, our hearts out to the very extent that we can to make sure that people in our family are taken care of. That's how we love. That's why we call this a forever family. John said this way, look, if you don't take care of each other, then you're not really the family of God. Because by the fact that you love one another is a sign that you're a family of God. John 13, this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you what? Love one another. Say it with me. Love one another. That's how we know. That's the sign. That's the testimony. That we belong to God when they see that we fervently extend ourselves to make sure that everybody in the body is loved and taken care of. And this particular love is the agape love. It's a love of will. It's a love of commitment. It's not a love of just, it's not a love that's just of emotion. It's not that I've been moved by an emotion and now I do something. This is a decision I make that I want the very best for someone else. And the very best I can give them is Jesus Christ. It's that kind of love. Now, do we always practice that kind of love in the family of God? You can, you can shake your head like this. Or you can lie and shake your head like this. That's a whole other sermon. Right? No, we don't always love like we're supposed to. It's a challenge because Satan is always there. He's bringing unlovable people in our path. Now, when I talk about unlovable people, I'm always thinking it's somebody else besides me, right? Isn't that how you are? Uh, I mean, those that are hard to get along with, that's somebody else. Those that gripe and complain about something, that's got to be somebody else. Of course, I find myself griping and complaining about the people who gripe and complain. Wait a minute, I look a little bit more like them than I wanted to. Loving one another has its challenges. Because all of a sudden, that crosses every barrier that's been barriers in the past. That crosses the color that we are. It crosses the economic situation we're in. It crosses languages. It crosses countries. I've got to love the family of God no matter what. I love them fervently to the extent I can stretch out and do it to make sure that they know that they're loved. I love this church. This church loved me when I was 
unlovable. Some of you are like that, right? You walked in these doors, you're all broken mess. And you thought the roof would fall in when you walked into the building. I've had some of you tell me that. And there's some of you, I kind of looked up at the roof to check, you know. It didn't fall in. It'll leak a little bit, but it won't fall in. I had someone tell me recently, they're like, I just can't believe that this church has accepted me. I said, are you kidding? God accepted you. We can do no less. It doesn't matter. What we look like. doesn't matter the sins that have been public or private. We're all broken people. doesn't matter what you've been entangled in. God loved you first before you ever decided to love Him. And He put you in a family that says we are forever family. It's what old Woodrow said on the boat. He said we're family. By the way, I appreciate him doing that, but that does not give you permission to go out on Sunday morning in a boat here. Love one another. Look, some of you sitting out there and this fervent love, we think about practicing church. Let me tell you, some of you have a hard time practicing in your marriage, right? In fact, some of you had a blow up right here before you got out of the car and walked in the building. You're hollering, you're mad, you're made me late, blah, blah, blah. And you walk in the church and meet the greeter. Oh, how's everything? Oh, we're fine. You know, (laughs) you put on the holy church handshake and smile and everything's all right. You know, we've got to go from pretenders to contenders. That means being transparent, and that's hard to do. That's hard for me to do. I didn't grow up that way. We didn't talk about our weaknesses or our problems. We didn't air our dirty laundry, as they say, right in front of other folks. So, so this idea of confessing your sins one to another, you know, the closest I wanted to get was confess that you sinned. Well, I sinned, you know. But to really actually lay it out to somebody, that's hard. But when you have people who fervently love you, and you can feel safe with them. This needs to be a safe place for people, no matter what your battle or struggle is. Watch Ferry Road Family. It's a safe place to be. Well, we're born to love. This love is a testimony to the world of who we are. And if you're a suffering family, you need to know you're loved and you need people to reach out to you. First Peter later, later on, Peter's going to say in First Peter 4, verse 8, that love covers a multitude of sins. The more you love someone deeply, the easier it is to forgive them. This new birth comes from the preaching of the word, he said. At the end of verse 25, said, and this is the word that was preached to you. And we're still in the preaching the word business. Now, this next section is really talks about that we're born to grow. And in it, he's going to actually give you things. This next verse is going to give us things that 
from the, the Scripture before, it will destroy our love. And from the Scripture after, it will stun our growth. Just read those couple of verses. I think you'll get the idea. Therefore, rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, uh, envy, slander, and every, uh, every kind. Like newborn babies. By the way, we got a newborn here today. I don't know where the spillers are sitting, but they brought that. I mean, uh, well, sorry. I said, the, I said her used to be last name. Anyway, the baby's back there. Find the baby. But... Uh, I'm telling you, that's that's the cutest baby. And I knew it's a good old Louisiana baby when the first Sunday out is on a pour-down rain day. I thought, okay, that kid's going to make it. Brand new baby. It says we ought to have a craving like that baby has a craving. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk. It doesn't say be baby-like. He says what to crave. The verb in these two verses is crave. Crave pure spiritual milk. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this is about growing up. So these things, not only do they destroy the love that you've been born to have, they also stunt the growth that you're supposed to be headed in, uh, headed toward. What hinders our growth? Well, the first thing he says is malice. This is just a general word for wickedness. Next thing he says is deceit. This is the idea of being crafty and cunning and treacherous. Then hypocrisy, pretending you're something you're not. Envy. Envy means inappropriate jealousy. You ever have that? Then he says slander. That's evil speech against other people. It's usually when they're not around that we're talking about it. When you look at every one of these things listed that he says get out of your life, these are things that will destroy that fervent love that you're trying to have. And on top of that, they will stunt the growth that you're trying to produce in your life. These things aren't just practical to the church family. They're practical to your physical family, my physical family. To make sure those things don't step in the way of the relationships that I have. What promotes growth? Craving nourishment, he says, that is pure. You ever... uh, you ever get that carton of milk out and you think it's good and you turn it up without smelling it and it ain't good? You know what I'm talking about? You've had that experience? That's not nourishing. You can take it in, but it's not nourishing. Why? It's defiled. It's rotten. It's no good anymore. I want the wholesome stuff. Actually, I don't even want wholesome milk. I want wholesome milk. I want whole milk. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, in our refrigerator right now, there, uh, there is a carton of skim milk, white water. <laughs> and then 
I bought my old carton. And mine is whole milk. And if I drink hers long enough, when I drink mine, it makes mine taste like a milkshake. I mean, you know, it's just so... And, 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 and if I could get it with one of her pieces of strawberry bread or, uh, or oatmeal raisin cookie. Susan, you got to have to do some cooking today. I've just talked you right into it. I mean, man. But to eat something that's not pure and not nourishing. Well, ask Ryan Lee about that. Ryan, what about that, brother? You got a little something in India that you ate that didn't quite, it wasn't pure. It was defiled and it, caused, it didn't bring nourishment, right? It brought a lot of sickness for a good while. Nourish. You cannot be nourished on impure things. Get it? Think about that. You cannot dwell and feed your mind and your mouth and your ears and eyes. You can't feed on impure things and somehow or another wind up nourished. What you do is you wind up sick. But Satan makes those things taste sweet. He doesn't make them taste ruined. He makes them taste sweet. Like they're good for you. And create a desire for even more. But never satisfying. And it damages. It keeps you from growing up. Instead of nourishing you. And feeding you the way God wants you to be fed. That's why it's important to get into the Bible. That's why it's important to read your Bible. Get into these Bible classes. That's why it's important to be with other people who are spiritually minded. Who can offer things to your life that will help you grow up. Spiritual nourishment. Crave nourishment. Don't drink spoiled milk. What do you feed on that grows you up? Pretty practical little section here. Basically what he says, I've kind of reframed it this way. He says to wake up, clean up, and grow up. Wake up is the idea. I want you to become conscious. When, have I been born again? Have I done this? Have I responded to the story of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus? Have I, have I been born again in baptism? And have I, have I received Jesus as my, my Savior that way? Am I got in on the grace of God? Wake up. If you've gotten away from living and nourishing yours, wake up. Let there be a wake-up call. Then clean up. Rid yourself of these things that are, one, destroying our fervent love, and the other, stunning our growth. And then grow up by starting to put the positive things of God into your life. Because we need mature people in the body of Christ. People that will grow up and do the right thing. This starts at baptism and continues till Jesus comes back. And between now and then, our fervent love will help the suffering brothers. And that will give a testimony to the world that we're really the disciples of Jesus. Love one another. By this shall all men know. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By the structure of your worship service. No. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you live a perfect life. No. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. 
but you love one another. We're a forever family. You, because you're in Christ, you are kin to me. I know you probably don't want to chase that family tree down too far, but you're kin to me. And I'm kin to you. We are blood kin because of Jesus Christ. If you're not in the family, and I just say, look, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's the best news in the world. You get out of your sin, you get be forgiven, you can get to live forever. Why not walk down this aisle, the aisle in the other room, find somebody, obey the gospel, the death burial, be baptized into Christ, start all over brand new, be born again. If you've gotten away from that fervent love, make a commitment in your marriage, in your relationship with uh, uh, friends and your church that you are going to fervently love one another and you're going to spiritually grow by exposing yourself to the things that God has that will nourish your life. If you've got a need, you can come right now while we stand and sing. Mm-hmm.